Welcome back to DBC. This episode is part two of the actor, James Cooney. Enjoy, folks. Okay, Andy, over to you. Do you want to ask the brother some questions? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. So obviously we've just spoke about doing one of the best shows that you feel, like, which is personally my favourite, which is Bottleneck. But uh, obviously I'd like to just ask a couple of questions about what could, well, potentially be the biggest one that you've done so far, which is mm-hmm. being in Andor Star Wars. And yeah. I'm a big Star Wars fan myself, grew up with it, absolutely love it. So I was quite, you know, quite chuffed to see that you're part of the universe of Star Wars now, which, I mean, as anyone, I'm sure yourself just loves the idea of being in the Star Wars universe. You're there forever then, aren't you, basically? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what, how did you feel about it while you were doing Star Wars? Is the What stood out to you the most when you were doing that Andor show? I tell you what stood out to me the most. And this is like, this is why, you know, when people say, like, never meet your heroes or, like, yeah. you know, all that kind of thing is, and that, that's not about anyone that's on the set, but that yeah. when you watch it on TV, you're like, God, oh, look at all that tech and, like, how big that set is and like, oh my god like oh, blah, blah, blah. um and then when you get when i got on the set so if anyone's not seen it like i'm i'm play this guard i'm in a room where um andor cassie and andor and andy circus's character like break in they're they're prisoners and they're trying to get rid of the guards and stuff and um so we're in this like control room and i'm like there at the control room, right i've got to like press all these buttons etc cetera, etc cetera. and it and like there were buttons that were fake buttons and like little knobs that had like fallen off and things like that. And I was like, this is Star Wars. This should be like everything should work as it is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So when you see it on TV, you kind of think, oh, God, look how amazing. And then actually you realize, oh, this is all just like a load of plastic stuff. Um, And like I, I know that there's a story of like Ewan McGregor, isn't there, where he like. Um, when he was doing the lightsaber fights in Star Wars, he would kind of go, Oh, he'd make the noises always, yeah. And the, and the director had to tell him, Ewan, don't do the noise because we'll add that in after and we're watching you making the noise right now. Um, <laughs> because you like you don't hear it when you're on the set and things like that. So yeah, there's like there's that weird thing when, when you're in it, it's a bit like peeking behind the curtain, do you know what I mean? Of like, or yeah. like seeing, seeing the Wizard of Oz or whatever it is. So, yeah, I think that was, but obviously, obviously, like, like anyone, I was also like, this is ridiculous. Like, so we went and filmed it on like Pinewood Studios, which is, you know, where there's like pictures of Bond everywhere. And, you know, like one of the studios called the like Sir Roger Moore Studio and all this kind of thing, because, you know, it's like where they filmed all the Bond films and where they do you know, it's like the place that they would make some big films and, and oh, yeah. big warehouses and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, like you do, you do feel for me personally, I felt like, God, you're just part of this huge, huge um, machine. And of course, and by this time as well. So I'm in like episode 10, they'd already shot like, you know, there's like one episode after this. And, and I think they only had about two or three weeks left. Yeah. And so it felt a little bit, and I'm, this is not, you know, I'm not, complaining at all it's just the way it was i was like coming into a 
a, a crew and a company who had been working together a lot. And so yeah. you kind of feel like you've got to just come in, slot in real quick, and then you go, whereas everyone else is like proper chatty and really friendly with each other, and they're laughing about stuff from weeks ago. And I was only on for a day, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, it was like a huge, huge um, production. Um, but I was only there for a day, so I can't really like talk to the whole thing. But like you said, one of the funniest things is, despite the fact that that's like, what? A 30 second scene or something like that yeah um you know and i've and this is not to like toot, toot my own horn or anything but like i've worked to like the royal shakespeare company and the national theater and the old vic and like all these like really prestigious theater places yep. and it's that that like everybody was texting me about and would like <laughs> yeah. message me and people i hadn't heard from for like 10 years being like oh my god i just saw you on star wars do you know what I mean? <laughs> And you're like, yeah, it, you know, it is great. Um, it's like a 30 second clip, but it just made me laugh how like a 30 second clip can get you more sort of, um, you know, popularity and views. Than, you it's know, more common to see yeah, at the Royal Shakespeare Company. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it was funny because I mean, I remember the one thing that uh, you were saying to me about like the one thing that stood out to you most is when. Uh, Cassie and Andor was, mm. you know, having the gun in your face to say, do this, do that. You were saying to me, he actually put it in my face. You know, he pushed yeah. it against me and everything. He actually yeah. was like, he was, you know, he was really, you know, he was well into it, pushing it right there. Yeah. And I was laughing. Well, and I was like, because it wasn't in the script. It wasn't like, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't in the script that he was going to put the gun against my head. It was kind of like yeah. he would point it towards me, but then he went to point it towards me and they like put it to my head. And I was like, okay, cool. And to be honest, I was like, in my part of me was like, you know, there's probably some level of etiquette where maybe he could have said, you know, I'm going to do this. Yeah. He did ask me afterwards. He was like, was that okay? And I was like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. I'll, you know, I'll let you know if, yeah. if it's hurting or something like that. Yeah. Um. But also in the back of my head, I was like, great. If he puts this gun to my head, they've got to use a shot of me. They can't yeah. cut me out if the gun is at my head. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, the main part of it, and you got to be in there with it. I suppose yeah, it probably helps yeah. with it with the acting as well, because then it be it doesn't become acting anymore, because you actually got something pushed in your face, and you'll automatically react. Yeah, yeah. To it then, which is great. I mean, there's other things. I mean, like you were saying, then for the Disney thing, it's crazy how thirty seconds um, gets you more publicity than you know Shakespeare, which is and you know to me. Yeah. Shakespeare's more acting than being on a TV show and all these things. But Disney production, Star Wars, you know, there's a thousand more people uh, potentially watching that than going to watch a Shakespeare yeah. play, unfortunately. Oh, completely. Which, no, yeah. I, look, and I'm not, I'm, I'm, you know, we say unfortunately, but I'm kind of like, I get that, you know, and like, yeah, I, I think that's the other problem is, well, not problem, but, you know, I think a lot of people don't necessarily feel like they're a part of Shakespeare and like Shakespeare is like, something there that they can access whereas like all types of people have watched and love star wars and um and then for you know to bring those two worlds together i remember i was doing romeo and juliet last summer um and coming out of the theater and this guy like goes oh mr cooney mr cooney and i was like um okay because no nobody ever really like stopped me after the show for romeo and juliet because yeah. um i didn't have a huge part and I thought, oh, why does he want me? And he said, oh, would you mind signing this? And it was a it was a picture like of me 
in Star Wars. <laughs> oh, uh, with that 30 second clip in that clip. From that 30 yeah. second clip. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, say, because, we... you know, in, in, in a brilliant way, you know, Star yeah. Wars fans, fans of that kind of genre, sci fi and stuff, like, they just love it. And they just, yeah. like, yeah, yeah. So. With so there a guy any... that works for us with it. Sorry, bro. I was just said there's a guy that worked for, uh, with us, one of our duty managers here, and he's an he's absolutely loves Star Wars. On there mm. with it. I mean, I bought him as he as he left to go to a different place. I bought him just a, a little cup thing, you know, them heat cups as a Star Wars uh, CP three O on there. Uh, is it? Uh, not not sorry. Yeah, R two D two. No, it was oh, R2-D2, sorry, and getting mixed up myself now. But yeah, in the, um, he was, and I kept thinking, I should have got James to sign it for him because technically yeah. he's, he's, you know, he's a Star Wars actor for it, which is quite funny. I mean, on that note as well, though, you're saying, is um, obviously it's like being getting noticed in public with autographs and selfies. You said you had one guy there for that. I always remember waiting for you outside, the, you know, the Royal Shakespeare Company Theatre in Stratford, and... When you came out, there was loads of people there waiting, and I thought it was just the family and friends of the people. And when you all came out, everyone ran over wanting just to come out and get in autographs and things, yeah, and yeah. it just seemed so strange and just yeah. weird to me because I was just <laughs> like, why would somebody want to do that to my brother? You know, yeah. and not in a bad way, but that's no, to me, it. you're just my brother. <laughs> yeah, and James, does and that even, feel and, weird and, for you? Does what? that feel weird, or does it, it like, become natural now? It's. I mean, it's not natural. It's not natural because I don't think yeah. anyone would find it natural to like have to sort of sign something because they liked your work. Like, imagine running over to a plumber or or Riley as a mechanic and being like, yeah. "Can you sign this for me? Because you did such a good job on my car." Like, yeah, yeah it's kind of yeah, you, you know, it's not. You worked on my friend's car and it was great. Sign this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um. What I will say is that, like, it is, you know, as there's a level, and there's maybe some people who push it a little bit far. If we're being completely honest, yeah. Um, but you know, it is always nice when people come and like they just appreciate the work, and they're like, oh, yeah. you know, I really like your work, and it's, it's, you know, I, I really enjoy it because, you know, at the end of the day, obviously, there's that part of me that wants to be like, this means more, right? And like, oh, you're gonna like find things out about life and all that kind of stuff, but really. If you come out, if you go and see Shakespeare, you come out of it two hours later and go, I had a really good time. That's a nice thing to hear, right? Like if if oh, you yeah. feel like you've made someone's day better for a couple hours. But what I, I know that like we've kind of spoken about this, but like I the, the last thing I think I would ever want to do is like be famous, even though I'm an actor. I don't yeah. think I particularly like the idea of like walking down streets and 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 weirdly it did kind of happen a little bit in Stratford again maybe maybe yeah. there were a couple of people who were were being a little bit um were pushing it as far as I'm concerned I, with what what I remember what was, one person there was definitely yeah mm -hmm. um but like the idea of that you know you know think about people like Justin Bieber or you know Kim Kardashian all that sort of stuff like yeah. I would hate that I would hate having to like I can't walk around this street Without That's my worst people, nightmare. Like hounding me. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I would never want to get to that level. The level that I would love to get at is what I find with a lot of actors that I admire and appreciate. I like see them on the tube or whatever, and I'm like, oh, they're like, I really like them. I've seen them in their work and blah, 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 blah. Um, 
And I might sort of, if the moment was right, go over and say, I just wanted to say, I really liked that show that you did, et cetera, et cetera, and then leave and be. But yeah. if anything, I just love that they're able to get on the tube or get on, you know, whatever, and just live a quite normal life. Yeah. And actually what I'm appreciating is like, I really love that show that you did. It, um, it's quite it, rare you know. to be able to do that in that in the job role. I mean, some actors man somehow manage to do that. Like yeah. Keanu Reeves, yeah. for example, seems like he can walk around and in as famous as he is and as and as crazy as everyone wants to be around him, he never seems to really get bothered that much. And yeah. don't get me wrong, he yeah. might do and we don't see it as much with it, but it seems like certain people yeah. can with that one. I mean that would be my worst nightmare to, like I said, the Justin Bieber type of thing where you're just going to be hounded constantly by teenage yeah. kids and people, and I'm sure there's a thousand crazy people doing it. And so would you say that, be... that is your, would you say that, sorry to jump in, would, would you say that is your biggest sacrifice then, James, or is there others that come to mind there about your job? Uh, no, I don't think that's a sacrifice at all. I think the biggest sacrifice of the job a lot of the time is like the hours pretty unsociable hours you know i feel like i know you know I, i'm not gonna really see my friends as much um because at the end of the day you're working like if certainly in theater if you're working in theater you're doing six o'clock till 10 o'clock you know six till 10 ish something like that plus travel for me an hour either side um and then you're working all day saturday because they'll do a matinee in an evening so where if you have friends who work nine to five, you're basically not going to see them for like that whole time. Um, so you end up having like, you know, I think that's why a lot of actors have actor friends because they know like what the timetable's like. Um, yeah. And then, and then in years gone by, you know, I remember Don, I remember like nearly had a birthday. I remember one year when you were, when you were over here, I don't think it was 2018. It must've been earlier than that. Maybe like 2014 or something like that. And like I was in Edinburgh or like, you know, there's, 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 there's moments that's the, other, you know, it's when you miss people's like birthdays yeah. or significant moments yeah. and stuff. Can't do a holiday because you've got, you know, you took a job on things yeah. like this, it's, yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah. 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 So it's that kind of stuff that I think about yeah. the most. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's a crazy thing. I mean, it's like, it's the, it's a hard thing for you to do on there and thinking of hard things. It's like, what's the, What's like the toughest role do you think you've played on there? It's and what would honestly, be the worst honestly, role as well? Yeah, I don't think I don't think I've ever had a um. I don't, I've, I've been really lucky. I don't think there's ever been a role where um I've like been I've been like oh my god I hate this I hate doing this. What I will say and you know we've we've obviously we've all been through um like losing dad and the grief of that and stuff. Yeah. Um, there were, um, what I've found as an actor, and especially within theatre, <laughs> I'm going to sound a bit like Joey now. Do you remember that Joey episode <laughs> where he's like, <laughs> you know, I'm an actor, I'm an actor, yeah. so I've got to keep my, my emotions right at the surface, you know? <laughs> um, I was just going to ask you a thing about Joey as well then, so you've never had to do the uh, the Joey scene where he was the plumber in a porn film. <laughs> Not yet. But listen, <laughs> if they show me the paycheck, who knows? Yeah. Um, but yeah. So so basically, know. basically, when dad, so when dad died, I don't know if you sort of remember this, but well, Andy, I know you'll remember because you were there as well. But like, when dad died, like, um, I was doing a, 
a play at Royal Shakespeare Company. Yeah. And weirdly, so weirdly, um, the opening scene of that play was the death of a king. And they this the whole play started with like a funeral procession. Yeah. And and as part of that, we had to kind of like do this um funeral march. And I was like, yep. this is and there was a point where like I had to take myself out because we were rehearsing and so and they knew the company knew that my dad had just died and like literally dad died on the Wednesday. I then yep. um went back into rehearsals on the sorry, dad died on the Saturday, but we'd traveled up yep. on the Wednesday. Dad died yep. on the Saturday, and then I went I was back in rehearsals by like the Tuesday or something like that. Yep. And we started doing that. And like, I remember I had to take myself out because I was like, we were doing motions as if we were doing a funeral. And it just made me go, oh, this is what I'm going to be doing in a few weeks time. Or like, I'm, um, I'm, I'm a, there's a weird thing. Ultimately your body doesn't always kind of know the difference. <laughs> and I think this no, is yeah, it doesn't, people, does it? people think about, people think about like method acting, blah, blah, blah. I don't believe in method acting, but ultimately your body, if you, if you run around um, and get your heart rate up, you might feel a little bit more tense or whatever. Right. Um, yeah. And I think the same thing was happening there was like, it was as if my body was starting to like go through this grieving process, but it was like, this is a, this is a play, not reality. But then the yeah. lines were getting blurred a bit. And, and, and the same was happening when I did Henry the fifth, you know, the first scene in that a dad dies. I had yeah. the first line, which is like how fares our father and all this kind of thing. Um, mm. And we were in rehearsals for that. And I remember having to leave out of that and saying, look, it's just a bit close because of everything that's gone on in the past couple of years. And then, uh yeah and then in Romeo and Juliet the same happened where I had to come into this room where Juliet was like um quote unquote dead she's not dead but I thought or yeah. oh, Paris thinks she's dead and sometimes don't spoil the storyline for me oh come on you oh. know um <laughs> ha like your brain um doesn't like always your brain just just does mad things sometimes when you're an actor and you can start to like make links to your own life and so yeah. that that can be quite difficult and that is where i think now that i'm also like an acting teacher and an acting trainer you have to be really careful about that stuff because yeah i think that some people and some actors will kind of try and use that but ultimately yeah. it, that's you essentially revisiting traumatic events in your life again and again oh, yeah. and not necessarily a kind of safe or therapeutic environment where you have support to be able to unpick some mm. of that stuff do you know what i mean so like i said it um, makes like it makes something really tough there for you in a job that you love doing and you're doing there end up being tough because of that or with it yeah. on there yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. that's yeah, a good it's, a good, life. it's interesting good example that. yeah absolutely yeah and, and that must really be hard yeah, that must be hard. And and we'll come back to that definitely later a little bit. We'll unpack that a bit more. But I'm interested to know as well, James, can you take us a little bit behind the scenes then? Um, I'm interested a little bit in like, I don't know, funny stories you can share, outtakes, show that didn't go to plan. Uh, God, um, the one that I always kind of think about um, in terms of outtakes is um, which aren't outtakes because it's live. That's the don't forget if ever you go and watch a play, people are actually doing things live in front of you. <laughs> um, I was doing Hamlet at the Lowry 
first uh one of my first big scenes and playing Horatio and like Hamlet's father appears to us tells us that you know we need to or, or we kind of say look this ghost is appearing maybe we need to go and tell Hamlet about this um and then I like bring the sort of soldiers together that are with me there's like two other soldiers <laughs> and um one of them is Patrick and um and as I bring them in I'm like come come hither or something like that I like motion with my hands to bring them in and I like catch Patrick in the face, like more or less poke him in the eye. And I like go, come hither, come hither, get him in the eye. And I go, oh, sorry, mate. And like said it out loud. Thought I'd said it in my head. Definitely said it out loud. In a proper man accent, I, I hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. like, oh, sorry, mate. And um, and I thought, well, that's the least Shakespearean thing to say. And the problem is with certain actors, and Patrick's one of them, Um, there, there are actors that are like this. Once you make a little mistake like that, or you make a little, you know, do a little problem, their eyes do something mad, which is it like they like <laughs> widen and there's like just a little tiny little smirk on the side of their mouth. And because and you're, you're right up close to them, you're gone. You're yep. absolutely gone. And you've still got to try and get these lines out. So then you can hear yourself going <laughs> like that. You, I can hear him doing the same thing. Yeah. So all three of us on stage are like, just like looking at each other thinking, get to the end, just get to the end. <laughs> Thankfully there's only a couple more lines left or whatever. But then we said them and literally ran off stage and just like burst into laughter in the wings. <laughs> to a point where I was like, we might've got away with it on stage. We didn't get away with it by the time we got off stage. Everybody knew. <laughs> Everybody knew. Oh, um, and then, and then, and then, one of my other just very quickly, one of my other favorites, um, which happened much more recently, um, we were doing Henry the Fifth, um, and at the beginning of Henry the Fifth. Again, it's not funny, but it is funny. Of course, it's funny. I'm doing Henry the Fifth, um, and the first scene of it, um, Henry um, is like taking over from his dad. His dad is literally dying in hospital, and um, and the act the actress um who was who was playing like henry v's father we, we were kind of um it wasn't gender specific um is like speaking to him and and just lets out like a fairly audible fart um but we're all all the rest of the cast is like 10 of us were all on the sides of the stage um so obviously we hear it but also they hear it amongst them in the scene and whereas maybe some actors would kind of like just play it down, she did it and then went, oh. It's <laughs> <laughs> a little like, oops, like, oh, sorry, kind of thing. And of course, that just sent us, absolutely <laughs> sent. Every, and we're all on stage, all, t all 10 of the actors of the company on stage. Shoulders are going at the side. People are looking away, blah, blah, blah. And the even funnier thing was, at the end of that scene, we then go into the next scene by singing God Save the King. So the scene ends. Somehow, Ollie, who's playing Henry, has managed to keep it together quite well because it's quite a serious part for him and literally his dad dies and all that kind of thing. We have to transition into the next scene with God Save the King. And uh, G, one of the actors, stands up and goes, 
can't and you can just hear it in a voice that she is absolutely cracking up um and none of us none of us managed to like sing that song we were all just laughing everyone in the audience must have been thinking what the is this um chris orkit my mate chris was in the audience that night and we said to him when we came off was it noticeable and he was like oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah yeah like well the show you, I must knew go something on it happened yeah, yeah. It, it was like something had happened we weren't quite sure what had happened but something had happened where every single one of you started corpsing <laughs> awful oh man that's awesome. brilliant but you see, it, brilliant it, if it, you're in it but awful if you're an audience member you see i don't know obviously i love seeing them because i've seen a few i've seen it a few times when you're doing shows and i love it when things go wrong it's my favorite part yeah, of the show Andy, you can... It's it also you can just feel yourself going. I we feel terrible because this is not the story anymore. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like literally, the king is dying right now, and we're all pissing ourselves because he farted. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh man, live shows oh. must be hard. Yeah. Okay, let's switch gears a little bit. Andy, you had questions about auditions. Um. Oh yeah. So yeah. So let's uh, tell us about like you've you've gone into a few things about the audition process. Like you said, for yeah. bottleneck, you, it it took you an hour to do an audition because mm. you had to do the whole show. Mm. With it normally, mm. that's not the case. You go in, you do you you might only do a couple of lines. Sometimes I can gather you might do fifteen minutes. Um, mm. with the whole audition process. Um, Give us an example or two or something of of like of an audition that you've done. As say, say your, yeah, your best and I mean, your worst. It's it's difficult because every single audition is different. Like say bottleneck, I yeah. I like read the whole play for like an hour and I met for it maybe two or three times. I'll yeah. tell you about the Andor audition, which is quite funny because at the time, yeah. um, so everything it was basically it was still in the pandemic. It was early. T- it was it was twenty twenty one. So there was still like on and off pandemic happening at the time. Yeah. Um, and, um, I, you know, so at the time, basically every audition was now a self tape, which basically means you record a scene yourself and, um, like you send it off to the casting directors who, um, will sort of make decisions or help make decisions about who, who gets a part, um, with Andor, they, um, the casting director got in touch with my agent said we'd like james to audition for this role um but they didn't say what it was because obviously because it's andor they just keep everything under wraps so they were like we were sending him this script it's for an untitled disney plus series yeah um and we're, we're not sending him the script. We're sending him a dummy script. So they yep. basically sent me like, it was like, it was similar to the lines that ended up in the show, but it wasn't exactly the same. And it was just like guard number one, guard number two, yep. man enters, other man enters. And it kind of described them a little bit, but I couldn't be sure what it was. Nobody could be sure what it was. Yeah. Um. And weirdly, I'd done like loads of self tapes over the pandemic, as quite a few people did, and like had got nothing. I I think I counted, and I think I did about forty four zero, and got yeah. nothing. Like you know, sometimes you don't even hear. You're supposed to. Yeah. Sometimes you don't even hear whether it was a yes or a no. You don't even know if they've even watched it a lot of the time. Yeah. So um. Anyway, so because. 
I didn't know what it was. I treated it quite like blasé. Not blasé, but you know when you think, I have no idea what this is, so I don't know. I'm just going to kind of like say the lines looking over there, say the lines looking over there. I didn't know who the character was, all that kind of thing. And um, and then they said, oh, like we'd like to offer James the part. Um, but they got in touch with my agent. My agent rang me and said, oh, they want to offer you the part for the Disney Plus thing, but they won't even tell me what it is. So yeah. you have to ring up the casting director and the casting director will tell you what the part is and what the job is. So I then had to ring up this casting director, which never happens. I yeah. rang up this casting director and said, uh, hi, um, it's James Cooney. Um, I'd love to hear like, what's the part? And he was like, oh, so w the part is this guard in um, a new Star Wars spin-off series um, called Andor. Do you know it? And in my head, I was like, also know it. <laughs> yeah, do um, I know it? <laughs> do I know Andor? Um, and and yeah, I was like, wow, crazy. So that was that was how I found out about that. And that was like the first tape that I'd gotten the first tape or job that I'd secured from a self tape from about 40 tapes. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And on that note, then, about 40 tapes. Yeah. yeah, go ahead, Andy. So I'll just say, uh, I'll just remember from like being from years and years ago doing a lot of like video auditions for you and going into the room and doing them across and some funny scenes that we've done. I remember one where. I was pretending to be a woman and you was going to take me on the table. <laughs> that's, that's Andy. That's, that's one of the only other jobs I've ever got from a self tape. So thank you. There you go. <laughs> there you go. That was, that was, that was, that was strange ways. Here we come. Oh yes. Yeah. That was the one. Yeah. That's the like, one, yeah. that's in that scene is in the film. Right. There you go. See, yeah. and I, I know, I remember, I remember it. Yeah. I was, I was that girl yeah. on the table. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So a lot of self-tapes. It's quite hard with that. Yeah, and a lot of self-tapes in auditions, a lot of throwing yourself out there. Um, what about yeah. rejections then? How do you deal with rejections from those auditions? What's that really like? Again, uh, it kind of depends what it is, how much I cared about it, <laughs> how much um because a lot of the time I think there's a lot of jobs where you go, look, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna put my myself out there. I don't know if this is necessarily like gonna go my way. But then if you kind of, which is what I'm saying about the, the Andor thing. If I'd have known it was Andor, I think I would have been more nervous about it. And if I hadn't have got it, I would have been really upset about it. Whereas yeah. because I didn't know, I think weirdly I relaxed more and blah, blah, blah. And that probably came across in the tape. Um, but really, it's a great question because it's something that I've asked on Instagram recently because I had a couple of rejections that I took quite badly. Um because they were jobs that A, I really wanted and, and B, kind of involved people that I knew and like, as in they were like the director, et cetera, et cetera. And you kind of think, oh, well, you know what I can do and blah, 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 blah. So I must have a good chance. And even in that scenario, it like, it didn't go your way. Um, So uh, yeah, it's something that just is so dependent upon what the thing is. I would say a lot of the time, I guess the thing is now, now that I'm 10 plus years down the line, you just get used to the idea that most of the time it's a no. Yeah. <laughs> and like, you're kind of, um, 
a lot of people say you have to develop a thick skin. I don't know if that's always a very helpful way to look at it, but I do think you just get used to like letting go of the stuff you didn't get much quicker, but no doubt, like some of them are really hard and you do have to like rely on remind, like being surrounded by friends and family and people that love you and that you love and, and always having stuff that you actually want to go and do. Like if, if I was rejected from a job and then I knew that like, that was one of the things I found difficult and it's not any disrespect on like the jobs that I used to have, but I used to work in a cafe in Manchester and stuff. And I actually really enjoyed that job and they were really helpful to me. But when you don't get a job and then the next day you're like, um, you know, running tables and you're knackered and you're not actually getting paid that well. And you're like, the only reason I'm actually doing this job is to try and do the acting thing. And the acting thing is not coming. That's when it gets really disheartening. So yeah. finding work that you actually care about in between jobs is like gold dust, really. And well, yeah, I it's mean, little it's little things like that that can help. And it's a common thing to not get every job that you go for. But in our world, mine and Andy's world, you usually get some sort of feedback, right? Uh, why you didn't quite yeah, and, get it. So do you get that? Do you get those, those feedback from directors or agents? It really depends. It really depends. Um, I I actually reached out to a, a director friend of mine, one of the ones that like, I didn't get recently and asked him for, you know, why it didn't go my way. And, and he was very kind and actually said what it was. Um, which, you know, is, is kind of a double-edged sword, isn't it? Because you kind of go, uh, you know, I because also a lot of the time within acting, unlike, for example, I don't know, well, not necessarily unlike, but like in other work, they might say, we just don't think you've got quite enough experience for this. Or they might say, um, you've not got enough evidence of this kind of work or we, we, you know, we, you didn't come across very confident in the room or something like that. A lot of the time with acting, it's like, yeah, we actually think you could do the job. We're just going like a different way. And yeah. and we just want something a bit different. And you kind of go, well, what is that? And they kind of go, oh, it's just something different. And it's like, not you. So you can start to like internalize that a little bit and think like, oh, well, why am I not? Why am I not different? Why am I not this? Yeah. You kind of go, but, you know, everyone is different. Everyone is unique. So, um, and then the other difficulty with like, well, not difficult, but one of the big differences, I think, with anyone that I know who has a nine to five job is like, yeah, you might get rejection from a job, but you might depending on your work, you might only interview for a job once or twice every few years. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yes. Yeah. Or you might, whereas when you're an actor, you know, if you're getting in loads of tapes, that's great. And if you're like auditioning, there's a time when I used to think if I audition twice a month, that's a good month. Right. Yeah. But twice a month is 24 times a year. And if you get rejected 24 times a year, like, that can start to build up, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Makes you think, it makes you believe, well, makes you believe that you're not good enough, and yeah. when really you are. It's just like you said. It's like they, they've not given enough advice out to confirm the reasons why they went in a different way. But you are good enough. It's just unfortunate. It's like you're just not getting the the eyes of the people that actually want your that type of person, which is you. I imagine it's the same with like elite sport as well. You're going through all these trials and then you more than often you get rejected and you just get that one big break or something, right? That's yeah, um, yeah. that you can see.
Okay, James, that was a great um, insight to your career highlights and the audition process and dealing with rejection. I think that's always very tough. Um, but looking forward now to the future, can you tell us mm -hmm. about your next upcoming show that you're excited to share? Uh, yeah, it feels a bit like I'm on Graham Norton now. It feels like <laughs> you're only on to promote your show. Um, yeah, so I'm going to the Philippines doing um, Betrayal by Harold Pinter, which um, Harold Pinter, for those who aren't like theatre fans, is kind of like he is one of the sort of most important British theatre writers that we kind of have um, died. I can't remember now, maybe died in the early 2000s or something like that. Um, but yeah, so I'm off to go and do that. It's like a three-hander play out in Manila um, with three British Filipino actors and um, a British, uh, sorry, a Filipino-American director who like studied and has worked in Britain quite a lot. Um, so yeah, got off to go and do that for like, well, we're rehearsing for about three and a half weeks and then performing for three weeks, I think two and a half, three weeks. Um, so yeah. That sounds awesome. And then why is this project special for you and being back in the film fills? Can you describe that? Yeah, I don't know if I can, to be honest, just uh, all I will say is like, I don't, I don't think I ever thought when I was going to, when I started acting that I would ever go and work in the Philippines. Um, so the fact that the opportunities come up is kind of wild. And I also have no um, experience of what theater is like in the Philippines. So, whereas I feel like here, I kind of know all the, where all the theaters are and like what kind of work is done. And, you know, I like feel really, kind of comfortable and at ease with that industry here i have no idea what it's gonna be like in the philippines so exciting from that point of view in terms of doing something new and then there is something special about even like when i did like hamlet in uh at the lowry i was like oh wow you know this is like a theater i went to as a kid and you know go and see stuff so to now be like in my like what i would class alongside here as my like other home country feels yeah really just special I, that's a really broad way of describing it but i just yeah i don't like to sort of it's not a dream come true because it's not something that i ever would have I, that i ever dreamt i never thought it was possible so it's kind of beyond that it's kind of like whoa a complete shock and surprise so um yeah looking forward to it and you'll be mixing with uh mixed race uh, Filipino English so you'll feel at home hopefully exactly like the Avengers that's it tell me about your long-term future career you you uh, touched on the idea that you actually can't see this you know yourself doing this forever so can you yeah. walk us through that yeah uh I'm just at a point maybe maybe it's been mid-30s maybe it's because I've been like an actor for 10 plus years. I'm starting to get this like itchy feeling of wanting to have more creative input and wanting to like be the maker of the show to kind of cut back to how we started this whole conversation being, being the, being the kid who would like put the wrestling figures together <laughs> and like, you know, decide matches and like, who was fighting who and who was the champion and who was going to win and all that kind of thing. Like, I feel like I want to do that. 
or or to use another analogy, like I loved football manager as a kid. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Because you yeah, then yeah. get to be the one who controls everything and kind of like, oh, I'm going to bring this person in and I'm going to like, you know, all that. And I want, and I just feel like I'm at a point where I go, I quite fancy doing that now. I quite fancy like writing a thing or directing a thing or producing a thing. Um, so I think there's a bit of that. I've literally just today um, applied for a PhD, which might kind of nice. link into that possibly. Um, so there's that but here's the thing like you know obviously heard you saying about you have like five-year plans and stuff like that if i'd have thought about five-year plans when i was like and it made me it makes me laugh because at lipper they did say make sure you have a five-year plan and we did a bit of a five-year plan i think but you can't not that you can't do a five-year plan as an actor but like there's no ladder do you know what i mean yeah <laughs> no real ladder to climb in in acting like I said, you know, I did 40 plus tapes and got nothing and then got one and then was in Star Wars and that like A, paid really well, but B, also like was one of the biggest things I've ever done. Whereas if I'd have thought, well, I'm not climbing this ladder because I'm getting no's 40 times before this, I would never have got there. Do you know what I mean? Maybe so, it's more trampolines um, than ladders. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's like, it's snakes and ladders. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like... You can suddenly shoot up five, but then you go down 10 and you know what I mean? So um, I, I can't say I have a five-year plan. All I know is that I'm at a point in my life where I probably do want a bit more stability. And I think you can get a bit more stability in a slightly different area of what of what the industry is rather than always being just an actor. And if anything, if I'm again, this is a much bigger chat, but I don't think that any actor today, unless you like hit it big or whatever within tv and film it's very rare you're just an actor now you kind of have whereas i think there were years gone by you could just work in theater and you would you would kind of make a living for yourself you can't really do that now brilliant okay so we're approaching the end but um i'm still just keen to know what retirement life looks like for you and then if you, you wasn't an actor let's say when that time comes what would be your inverted quotes real job um, the conception and idea of retirement as an actor is completely beyond me. I have no idea what what retirement <laughs> looks like. Because also, like I I knew actors um and worked with actors who were like beyond retirement age and they were still acting. Not not even necessarily because they needed to, just because they they can't stop. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's a bit like in wrestling, you know, like Ric Flair. Ric Flair apparently <laughs> retired a few years ago, and then he just keeps wanting to have one more match. Because they can't stop. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be like that. I'm definitely gonna stop. But what that looks like, yeah, I don't know. Um yeah. in terms of if I wasn't an actor, um obviously I've done like lots of teaching recently and I went and did a master's in actor training and blah blah blah. My PhD would probably lead to some teaching. So teaching is always something that I think uh, um I've always uh felt like I was quite good at, felt like I could do. Um, but if it was like a dream real job. If it was like something else that I could have done in this life, um, it would it would probably be a sports commentator. Ah, uh, yes. Yep. I can 100%. see you doing that. I remember you saying yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. brilliant. I would I would love to have done that. I could see Basically, you being watch, better than Martin Tyler. Definitely. Yeah. You can bring theater. Um, don't, don't, you can bring don't theater. This Martin. I'm not dissing him, but I reckon you can. I reckon you can. I reckon you can take it to another level. 
You know, definitely better than really Jamie Carragher. <laughs> okay, I mean, there's definitely um, some. There's definitely some. I fancy it, but anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so advice to your future kids who may want to follow your career path. Don't do it. <laughs> um. Uh. It, it, no, that's not fair. Obviously, like I said earlier, if you if you if you're if they're good at it and they enjoy it and they want to do it, if ever I'm lucky enough to have kids, um, I would obviously support that. I would, and and if anything, you would hope that because I'd been through it a little bit, I might be able to like give a bit of a bit of advice. Whereas, and you know, our parents were still brilliant, but you know, I remember Mum saying in 2012 when I was in London and I didn't have a job, she was like, oh. Uh, I'm not going to do the accent. To be fair, I'm not going to do that. It's not fair. <laughs> Go um, on, but she's like, funny. no, 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 because no. um, I feel like I can't do mums weirdly. I can just do a general <laughs> Filipino accent. I can't do mums for some reason, um, except when she says bloody, bloody this, um, and then uh, so she, I was in London in 2012, and she said, um, "Oh, can't you just can't you do something for the Olympics?" And I was like. What do you mean, do something for the Olympics? <laughs> you, can, you, know, you can do 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 something for the Olympics. And I was like, Mum, I'm not going to do something for the Olympics because it's the Olympics. <laughs> they're doing the Olympics. Like, it's that tiger Asian mom mentality. Yeah. You can do anything. Just, just do something for the Olympics. Nothing so big. Weird. Just do something for the Olympics. Anything she can brag about. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, but no, honestly, if they really wanted to do it, sure. What I, I always remember, like, I think it was like Don Cheadle uh, in Inside the Etsy Studio, where I'm like, if you are good at anything else, if you are really good at something else other than acting, maybe do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if if you really are at a point where you're like, I, but I, this is what I'm good at, and fine. But you know what? If you're if you were good at, you know, look, if you can if you can do maths, which I could have done maths, but like I didn't enjoy it, but like if if you something else that you're really good at and you enjoy, maybe at least keep that up alongside the acting thing. That's all. Yeah. Great tips, great tips. Okay, um, there's I'm also interested that the social media plays a massive influence now. Um, fast tracking being becoming famous, YouTube, TikTok, etc. How do you see that affecting yeah. the next generation of aspiring actors, influencers, and entertainers? I mean, it already has. Again, there's a much bigger conversation, but the but like, in a way, the what I did, traditional drama school training, is I don't want to say it's under threat. I don't think that's the best way of looking at it. It's just you can now go and become an actor um, by creating content essentially, and then because you have content, you have a following, and for whatever reason, certainly within TV and film, there is an idea that. Um, you can like therefore just immediately slot into that. But it's even happened in theatre where there are people who have got jobs with no disrespect to them. They might be good, um, but I can totally imagine that one of the main reasons that they got it is because they already have a following of people. So if you are selling out a theatre or if you're, if you're in a theatre that is in London that only has 150 seats and you've got 1.5 million viewers on your youtube um it doesn't out. take a lot it doesn't take a lot to sell that venue out so of course they're gonna they're gonna be interested in in you if you have that um so it's already happening um what happens in the future i mean i don't know it's it's, it's impossible to tell um what i hope is that um 
what I hope is that actually theater can continues to almost like I feel like theater will become a bit like vinyl. I think theater yeah. will be like a thing yeah. that people go, I and actually books. really appreciate yeah. theater. Well, more vinyl in the sense that actually, I, weirdly, vinyl's value has obviously kind of gone up again. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Books, I feel like I've always had a value, you know? Um, whereas vinyl's value is almost like increased. I think theater's value will increase because people will go, oh, it's actually live and I know it's real. Whereas, you know, the, the like I know you guys have spoken about AI quite a lot on the show, but like AI is already a thing in like TV and film that it is really kind of not threatening the industry, but that's one of the big reasons that there was such it's a, there was a strike. Changing a lot anyway. It's one of the reasons that there was a strike was was not knowing how AI was going to affect the industry. Interesting. Yeah. So watch this space then, I guess. Um, and there's mm -hmm. other, like you say, other ways to to tap into the industry. So look, brothers, I think we're out of time. That was an awesome yeah. chat. James, how did you find this uh, audition? Uh, yeah, good. I, um, I definitely waffled, as I told you I would. But um, yeah, there you go. That's me. We'll oh, try and give you some catch feedback up. as well. Yeah, we'll try and give you some feedback. And have you got any tips just, for just, us? Just, for a, just a yeah, yes or a no. Just a yes or a no. Yeah, the quick fire. It needs to be, next time I'll nice. label it as rapid uh, fire questions. Okay. And that's yeah, 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 um, yeah. Any tips for this DBC pod to grow in the future? Have you got any Disney contacts there that uh, we can do some future collabs? God. If I did have Disney contacts, did you think, do you really think I'd just be sat here sitting on them? He wouldn't be on this not, show, right? You know now. what I mean? Exactly. Not for free, show, anyway. With due respect. Yeah. No, no, exactly. Yeah. Um, no, I'll keep, yeah, keep doing what you're doing. I think that, like, we didn't speak about what, um, about it, but I think what you've hit on is, is really interesting, which is, um, and especially talking to, uh, people who I know, but I don't actually know. Do you know what I mean? And like yeah. digging under the surface a little bit. And then similarly, I think it's become more and more of a thing, you know, like my mates, my closest mates, you know, the, I've moved away from them. I don't see them as much. Andy, our mate in Singapore has been in Singapore for like seven plus years and we very rarely see him. We still chat, but like, I think that's happening more and more amongst like groups of friends that people like move away and it's harder to, to stay in touch. So it's interesting to hear people trying to stay in contact um, like you're doing. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. More stories to come. Hopefully this isn't the end. Let's uh, let's do this again soon. But that's all, folks. Yep. Uh, thank you, brothers. Top catch up. Um, Brother James, yep. look, break a leg in your next show. We're all cheering Cheers. you on. And uh, hopefully Philippines. we'll all be able to see it. Yeah. And Philippines, yep. watch out. The, the mixed race uh, mm. kid is on his way <laughs> to you. Okay, Let's that's a wrap. Comes yeah. back. That's yeah. a wrap. Nice one, Dad. Dad, bro, club, DBC. Yep. Cheers, guys. Cheers, brothers. Love you. See you in a bit. See ya. Bye. Love you too. See you in a bit. Bye bye.